I'm Danica. And I'm Natalie, and you're listening to Death by Online, a podcast all about the weird world of the internet. The world weird web. The world weird web. And uh, this is episode one, official. Officially, we're here. As, as it is our episode one, I would just like to say thank you for everyone who got super excited about the announcement. We're super I excited know. to be doing this. Oh my gosh. We were so happy. Like, we were so stoked. Yeah. I was sending Natalie all these like screenshots of the Twitter and I was sending our notifications and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Even though she was like busy playing Fortnite, I was like, look, check this out. <laughs> god damn you don't have to call me out like that i mean i'm i'm not afraid of my Fortnite playing habits you're I'm not often... afraid i'm not afraid <laughs> to get a vicky royale <laughs> everybody get on the battle bus get on Fortnite. <laughs> so we should talk a little bit about who yeah, we let's are introduce, let's introduce and, ourselves and why we're doing this do you want to start Sure. So I hit Natalie up. I genuinely think it was in 2021. It was definitely early-ish 2021 because she was pretty heads down, hardcore in production mode on Immortality. Um, congrats, mm-hmm. by the way, on all the exciting nominations. Thank you so much. Thank you. So I had an internet culture-ish podcast a couple of years ago, way back before the pandemic started, and it kind of fell off because... Well, a lot of that podcast was like on on getting out of the yes, internet, right? Yes, it was, it was I like- was in a very different place with the internet. So I was definitely in like a free me type of place, you know? Yeah. And so this podcast... I think both of us are kind of coming from a place of having a good relationship with the internet. I think both of us have just like a healthy relationship with it. Mm -hmm. And I, for those who don't know me, my name is Danica Herod. I am, I've been doing like brand internet community work for over 10 years. And so all of this stuff is incredibly important to me. And I also just spend all of my time online. So that's me. Wow. It's so nice to meet you. Thank you so much for being here. And yeah, I'm Natalie. Yeah, Danica reached out to me to do this podcast a while ago. And like Danica said, it's been a long time coming. I am a video game producer and I just wrapped up. Well, and it's still in the process. Do you ever truly finish a video no. game? It feels like no. No. But yeah, I just uh, helped make a game called Immortality which is out in the world on lots of platforms and you can play it on your phone, on your computer, different places. It's a really it's a really cool thing, but it's not the reason why I'm here. The reason why I'm here <laughs> is because before that, I worked at Waypoint Vice, Vice's website about video games with Danica, and that was probably the peak of like my posting era. Same. Was while we were at waypoint we were it was we were like i think we're we're chronically online now but in more of an irony poisoned way so it's like less serious back then we were chronically online in like a pretty unironic way exactly like we had this compulsory need to post and a lot of what we talked about in our first version of episode one which is is in the vaults and will likely you know you you may hear snippets of it one day but a lot of where I think that need came from was the desire to feel a part of the conversation the desire to feel a part of the know and also we had a voice in whatever conversation du jour 
was going on. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. at the time, it felt like you had to have an online presence to be in the industry itself, to keep up with things. You also had to be commenting on them and showing people that you're up on things because you're commenting on them. Right. You know, almost every single episode of Raypoint, wait, Raypoint Radio. Um, wait, wait, wait. I'm okay. My dad owns Nintendo, so wait, 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 wait. So in those episodes, you know, at the time, it felt like we were even more so reporting on the news, reporting on just wanting to stay as current as possible in the conversation. We also had so many podcasts at the time that it felt right. like, you know, that was especially relevant. And I think there's a really fascinating thing that happened when I left Waypoint Vice. And this wasn't really, you know, I ended up leaving for another job opportunity that I was really excited about, not for any sort of like negative relationship with the internet or with the games industry, uh, journalism industry at the time but also vice sex <laughs> also vice did suck vice was real bad i mean they still are but they were real real bad then it was it was pretty dire like it was not it, w- it was really rough and i think without having you know the people at waypoint and in other parts of vice that we did it would have been an even more miserable experience but you know being in the trenches with each other made it feel worthwhile I guess but how quickly my posting habits changed as soon as I left yep vice like I moved into I mean I was working on something that I couldn't talk about online whereas before that my job was to talk about the things that I was writing or making or streaming online so that people would see it, so that people would click on it, so people would follow us or whatever. Like being online and doing my job were intrinsically, you know, intertwined. And Mm -hmm. as soon as I left Vice, that link disappeared. Yeah, same. I think the the height of kind of like a not the height of posting as a whole, but the height of like needing to post really was between those years of like 2016, 2018, 2019. I mentioned this also, again, this might come up a couple times. We have an episode in the vault. It's a nightmare. I recorded it. My webcam mic was picking it up. It, it's, <laughs> but it's so we talked about a ton of shit, but people would actively tweet at us or ask us in Twitch chat or email us about our thoughts on things that were currently going on in the world. So we felt obligated, but that obligation was like subconscious you know Mm -hmm. like we didn't ever think we never had a second thought about like replying to people to say how we felt about shit and I think once I left Waypoint I definitely kind of freed myself of that obligation that like internal obligation and now I feel like I don't have to have a say in every single thing that fucking happens on the internet because like Mm -hmm. most of what I have to say isn't super valuable anyway it's just like it's a passing thought well it might be valuable to people who are close to me but that's why we share our shit in discord or whatever else you know or on private yeah exactly i mean i think you you especially had such a you know particularly strong experience of being online given your role at waypoint being shaping the voice of that brand online like you were defining that voice and saline balls were like they were really important to me and so saline balls came to kind of represent like you know if it wasn't for feet and (laughs) 
Vice hated that shit too. They fucking hated it. They like, I got hired there to like run waypoints, like help with the site launch and run the socials and do things the way Vice did. And immediately me and Austin pushed back on pretty much every single thing that Vice threw at us. Like you need to be posting a certain way. You need to be making sure you promote your articles a certain way and promote things so they're evergreen friendly, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, actually, fuck no. I'm just going to tweet how I fucking tweet. In my interviews, I was like, Vice sounds like robots. Every single mm-hmm. site needs a personality. And yeah, I guess we were lucky in that regard. Yeah, but like you were doing that at a time. This is like 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. You know, you were doing it at that time before it was like all brands are personualities now. Like right. McDonald's is tweeting about depression. This was pre I actually that. Think- the first like brand that I kind of saw doing that was mm-hmm. Denny's and Tumblr. They were kind of the first two brands that were like having somewhat of a personality online. And that's when I was at Crunchyroll. So Victoria, Sailor B and myself, who kind of we also were the the faces of Crunchyroll. We became friends with Serenity Disco, who we found out was the person who started that at Denny's and at Tumblr. So then we kind of started doing that at Crunchyroll. We were like, Mm -hmm. fuck posting like boring like explainers of things we're just going to kind of tweet and talk how we normally talk like people like people and then Mm -hmm. it was super important for me that I brought that to waypoint and then I took that to like when I was working on the dragon prince etc etc like it's always Mm -hmm. been so important to me that not even like to give brands a voice because I'm not that corporate pilled but just like to post on socials and to put myself out there authentically that's like Mm -hmm. the most important thing I think Mm -hmm. I think it was especially you know building a brand like Waypoint that was a very personality forward brand even within you know Vice which was not really a personality forward website you know I think they had like a few talent that kind of made that distinction but other than that not really yeah Trey I'm so sad I know um hire Trey Hire Trey. I'm sure he's going to be fine. He's he's the best. Amazingly talented and and I hope will be fine. At Trey Smith on Twitter, a very good Twitter follow <laughs> if you don't already. So yeah, so I just think that, you know, seeing how seeing how quickly my relationship to online changed after not needing to First of all, I wasn't really I wasn't allowed to talk about what I was working on online at all. So, I kind of like was forced into silence and I was like well what else do I talk about on here like what else do I what the fuck else am I supposed to say to this what do you like but it felt like I was it just felt not important if if it wasn't right. something that I was saying that like had meaning or was like super funny or you know I every post I felt like had such like it held such importance mm-hmm. to me at that time mm-hmm. even if I was shit posting I still cared about people caring about my Same. shit posting. Yes. I'm I'm curious though about your because I had a pretty extensive background prior to Waypoint. What mm-hmm. was your relationship with Twitter for example like before you joined? So, I mean, it was just a platform that I chat like basically like Instagram. Like I would just like talk to my friends on there. I guess I would tweet like you know <laughs> Going to In and Out, yum. Hashtag yum. I don't know. Like, that was the vibe. Um, it, and, like, you know, tweeting moody, <laughs> emotional shit. Like, my mom fucking Fuck doesn't you, mom. understand me. <laughs> yeah. Like, Dude, like, 
parents, that. Parents just don't understand. They don't. They straight, don't. straight into like, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, straight into like we need to take a stand. Like, yeah, get, right. Get right. Like it became just a completely different tool for me. Right. Basically, when I got to college and started working at Waypoint, that was basically what kind of led me to mm-hmm. to start changing mm-hmm. the way I tweeted. You also like like when you are a mutual all of a sudden out of fucking nowhere with Austin Walker and Patrick Klepek, like mm-hmm. there is I feel like there is kind of like an unsaid pressure to really be posting on par with them. And mm-hmm. to get people to like those tweets and like those posts the way that they like Austin and Patrick's, you know? 100%. Like, I, I think there was definitely... I looked up to both you, Patrick, and Austin. Like, all of your Twitter presences inspired me a lot at the time because I was like, I want to be as funny and, like, sharp as Danica. I want to feel as thoughtful <laughs> and considered as Austin mm-hmm. and Patrick just as well researched and yeah. like in the know. Like right. all of everyone at Waypoint, Rob, Danielle, like everyone had these like big Twitter followings basically mm-hmm. when I came in and I came in like from nowhere. Mm-hmm. How do you view your Twitter following now? Like what do you think about Twitter followings now at this point? It's such a good question because it's it's such a... It's such a strange thing because Twitter is the place I have the biggest audience, right? And I think yep. a lot of my anxieties about Twitter going down, and this is something that we'll touch on in the episode a little bit later, uh, like all of the news around Twitter shutting down. But I think one of my main anxieties about Twitter shutting down is that is where I've cultivated my biggest following across mm-hmm. my social media services. Mm-hmm. It's the only- And met friends too. And like, met, fr- yeah, yeah. I, I mean, met friends, met like, some of my best friends like in the world I've met literally just through Twitter and mainly because I worked at Waypoint and people who were interested in that era of Waypoint who followed those people like consequently started following me. I attribute, I just automatically assume the overlap of my following and like yours, Austin's or Patrick's is the same. We all all have a huge overlap, right? (laughs) Yeah. I largely attribute it to that. Now I think, well, it's funny that I don't really see like Twitter following growth anymore, right? Like Mm -hmm. I don't post, Mm -hmm. like because I've abandoned the need to post like a lot. Right. Right. I find that I don't have as rapid of a Twitter growth as I Mm -hmm. used to while I was like working at Waypoint Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I find myself way more comfortable and at ease but I I still have this anxiety of like am I like a worthy Twitter follow like am I boring am I like do I have anything interesting to say like why do people are why are people still interested Mm -hmm. in what in following me like it's it's a it's kind of a mind fuck honestly for the most part people followed you because a lot of people probably followed you because you started at Waypoint right same with me I remember getting 5,000 fucking followers the day we announced like I made like a Waypoint staff post I got 5,000 followers and I was like, what the fuck is going on? And the people who stuck around stuck around because they give a shit about your posts and -hmm. you as a person and probably also you as like a content creator. And the people who don't, they already fell off. They're gone. So like, who cares? R.I.P. Bozo fell off. R.I.P. Bozo. L plus ratio. L plus ratio plus uh, loss in Fortnite. (laughs) Plus lobbied. (laughs) Plus lobbied. Yeah, I don't. We both kind of cut way back on posting. Mm -hmm. I think I post like 
half as much as you even. And mm-hmm. for me, that's that's wild. Like I look at my Twitter analytics still from time to time every couple months and I'm like, it's always my Twitter numbers. Like my actual tweets have gone way down. They just keep going down and down and down. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm not gaining followers anymore really either but i have officially stopped caring i guess um back in the day it was so important to me to get x amount of likes on my posts if i didn't get a like uh like Mm -hmm. within the first 10 seconds post was deleted and now i'm making tweets and like sometimes they'll get 50 likes because they aren't the most relevant thing in the world and i just don't even fucking care that much anymore like i just Mm -hmm. i think the best example is i just kind of went through my instagram and my twitter and posted about this like getting off SSRI journey that I'm on and it's not Mm. like those gave me like a ton of engagement but the engagement that I got from them felt so much more valuable than like anything that I used to post because it was people actually being like oh I've gone through this or I'm going through this or Mm -hmm. you know good luck and yeah so I I think that it's like it's almost like it's the purpose of social media is to like make connections with people and like be able to share experience and not just you know look at number like number go up or following number go up (laughs) and evaluate and judge our our you know right value based off of that right that's one of the good things about um co-host which like Mm -hmm. is something i'm sure we'll talk about from from time to time here as well but platforms outside of twitter that people have migrated to especially people in our circles and co-host is one of them and Mm -hmm. the not having numbers i think is a huge part of it though i do still get excited when i see the notification bubble you know the number in the notification bubble it's that that little hit that hit of internet serotonin it's so funny because it reminded me of like a sick moment i had when i I was in I want to say middle school I had like just entered middle school and it was like my birthday or maybe it was like eighth grade or something like that was my birthday and it was so important to me that I like calculated and counted how many people wished me a happy birthday on my birthday oh Facebook I was obsessed so I I literally went in and counted because there was no like counter for right, this thing at right. that time for, for something like this. I counted every single person who posted on my wall happy birthday because it was like I needed to know just how yeah. popular yeah. I was. Yeah. And there was like I had this horrifying moment, like one of the first times one of my co-host posts blew up or something like that, where I had the number and it reminded me of like the Facebook notification number. Like you have 90 new notifications or whatever and you go and click and then it's all this like untraceable thing like yeah, un- right non it's just a it's just a fucking it's a wall of text wall of text yeah and i was like fuck like how many people d- like and then i was like whoa okay <laughs> oh, the brakes oh, here okay like bro, that's, si- that's sickness <laughs> that is sick that is a sick sick thing and obviously you know i'm f- 15 years have gone by since since that moment that initial moment and I've, you know, worked on my brain a lot since then. And I and I was able to have that compo- or just be reminded of of that moment and then move on quickly from it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm so glad to have a healthy relationship with online yep. at this point. Yeah. Um, but again, like there's <laughs> there is a threat. <laughs> we, we, there's a threat there's a threat elon musk is threatening on- 
He's such a bozo. I hate him. Oh, he's yeah, he's a herb. We we talked he's about him a being herb. a herb in, in our in our unreleased episode, but yeah, he's he's a fucking herb. He's a herb who bought Twitter to get out of being sued for a shitload of money because he was backing out of the first time he tried to make the deal. I know, he's a fucking idiot. And now it's hard to really say with certainty whether he is intentionally I think saying he is intentionally sinking the, sh- the Twitter ship is giving him too much credit. I think he's <laughs> no, more he's of an not. idiot he's than that. He's just too fucking stupid. Like I, okay, there's a lot of stuff that has gone into this, but one of the things I think that he posted recently that really just shows how out of fucking touch he is with social media in general, he made a post where he said that Twitter is the highest driver oh, of yeah. clicks. I don't know about y'all, but anybody who looks at their own social media analytics or anybody who has podcasts or content on YouTube or anything and traces those back and looks at like where their conversions are coming from, Twitter is always one of the lowest. It's always Facebook, Google, direct links if you're sharing, but Mm -hmm. Twitter has never been at the top ever, ever. It's one of the lessons you learn. It's like social media 101. Twitter is never a driver of clicks. Twitter is not like a search place, really. Like when you think of Facebook and like how things get pushed into your feed via Facebook, it makes sense that that's driving a ton of clicks. Right. Google, obviously, you're makes not sense. typing podcasts into Twitter search. Cool podcasts into Twitter search. It <laughs> doesn't video do, it game doesn't get podcast. You. It doesn't bring you. It's not. A, no. It's not a search no. engine. No. It's not like an aggregate tool to to you know put Twitter things together. Twitter is a stream of consciousness. Twitter yeah. is a stream of consciousness. That's that's what it is. It's conversation. It is it's a conversation, baby. It's it's literally a place to post a thought mm-hmm. and leave it or not interact with your notifications if you're if you like that kind of abuse. But I I don't interact with my notifications. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 you know it's for the best. Yeah, he is every single day more and more things are popping up. The like layoffs are out of fucking control. The the numbers that came up the other day about him laying off like 4,400 of their 5,500 contractors. He's firing people left and right and then trying to rehire them because parts of the site are breaking. They just fired a bunch of people who, who had any criticism of the stuff yeah, that he's doing. There are reports that he is instructing people to comb through Slack channels. And I want to know who's snitching. Who's snitching? They need to get their ass beat. The most recent thing I saw was like, I think Elon sent a email late last night, like in the middle of night, like 3 a.m. or something like that. And was like, if you want to be a part of Twitter 2.0, join us or leave. And there's like a fucking forum sign up. Like, like a forum <laughs> sign up, forum, not forum. <laughs> forum, forum. There's like, like a, a Google sign form. up link. There's like literally, form. it's Fill like a Google form. form that's like, are you with us for Twitter 2.0? And it's like, we're going to be, I have to find this. I have to find Please this. find it because I actually haven't seen it. I haven't been on Twitter. I'm so, full disclosure, everyone who's listening to this, I'm on uh, day six of being off of Lexpro that I was on for four years straight after getting off of other SSRI. So I'm in a fog right now, but we're doing this. Like, this is great. I'm I'm already loving this episode recording. This oh, is yeah, amazing. It's going great. While Natalie looks for this, because I need to see it, he also like has fired someone who he got into a conversation with on Twitter over the Android um, engineering side mm-hmm. of things. He is a man who really gives no fucks. 
mm-hmm. and it's biting him in the ass. So he sent. So this was tweeted today is the 16th. Yes. Yeah, yep. So this was tweeted this morning. There was an email sent overnight and it says a fork in the road going here. Let me let me post it so you can read along. I need you to I need to you to like really get in character, like give yeah. give this to us. Going forward, to build a breakthrough Twitter 2.0 and succeed in an increasingly competitive world, we will need to be extremely hardcore. This will mean working long hours at high intensity. Only exceptional performance will constitute a passing grade. Twitter will also be much more engineering driven. Design and product management will still be very important and report to me, but those writing great code will constitute the majority of our team and have the greatest sway. At its heart, Twitter is a software and servers company. So I think this makes sense. Everyone says this, right? Twitter is a software and servers company. Anyway, <laughs> if you if you are sure that you want to be part of the new Twitter, please click yes on the link below. Forms. <laughs> Anyone who has not done so by 5 p.m. ET tomorrow, parentheses Thursday, will receive three months of severance. Whatever decision you make, thank you for your efforts to make Twitter successful. Herb Nation leader, commander in chief, Elon. I cannot get over the fact that he doesn't say will be let go. He just says anyone who has not done so will receive severance. Like, damn, are you keeping me on? You keeping me on and giving me some severance? Okay. Okay. This is wild to me because he's basically saying, all right, it is crunch time. It is officially crunch culture here at Twitter. We are crunching. And he's also insinuating that like sway is being left up to people like engineers and developers who bless their hearts do incredible fucking work they are not people who make business decisions mm-hmm. like this is blowing my mind you know this is off the past you know, two weeks that we've had at twitter like we've said chief executives have left the company or been fired uh board members i believe have been head of uh, trust and remo- safety yeah head of trust and safety was removed um or left it truly seems like a nightmare to be at Twitter right now. And and the latest thing that I just saw is that Elon Musk said in an interview he doesn't want to be the CEO. He said he's he has plans to replace himself as CEO of Twitter. And I think that's that's a marketing ploy probably to be like I don't even want this job. Like I'm just, you know, I'm just here trying yeah, he's he's trying he's trying to seem cool. He's tr- yeah. he's he's trying to seem like he kind of hears us when he doesn't. Absolutely. I just, I can't help but this reads so much like <laughs> the fucking DNC emails. You get like Nancy <laughs> Pelosi, like, I need $5. <laughs> Will you join me? It's that like, mi- It's that mixed with like military recruitment texts. Like, yes. I love you, man. Like, you are going to be so hardcore. Why don't you You are try going it? to be my brother. <laughs> Come into the military. Like... This is such a bad sign. And we talked about this in our non-release episode. Twitter, if it's going to die, it's going to take a while, right? But the more things that I'm seeing and also the more fucking issues I have with like my timeline and my notifications, the more I think, oh, it might actually happen sooner than we think, but not because Elon chooses to shut the site down because it just straight up fucking breaks. They're going to fire someone who like runs the server right. and something gets unplugged and then nobody's going to know how to fix it. Like they right. they broke two factor authentication because Elon thought it was bloatware. Like 
nobody knows. Nobody has a handle on these things. And they also completely destroyed Twitter Blue, the check marks. They rolled out Twitter Blue, which was Elon's great answer, great equalizer that you could buy verification, which of course anyone with half a brain could have told him, and I'm sure did, that people are just going to buy verification badges and impos- and like impersonate people. And- imposter. <laughs> and Im- imposter. <laughs> the, imp- the imposter sus. Oh, the imposter sus. Okay, go on. Um, so... <laughs> Eli Lilly or whatever, however you say that brand's name is is a great example of just the shit that happened with Twitter Blue. They got impersonated and someone said, oh, insulin is free, which it should be. Mm -hmm. And their stocks basically went down 300 points or something like that. They lost billions of dollars in the span of an hour because of a fucking imposter account. So they had to shut down Twitter Blue. And I don't know if you've seen, have you seen on mobile, verification check marks are blue right now. I went to switch accounts. If you open up your phone, this is on mobile only. If you open up your phone and you go to like where you switch between accounts the mm-hmm. check mark next to my name is blue so Same. i it's never been like that before actually i don't even know if a check mark has ever shown up there if it did it was white but i'm assuming that this is kind of part of the updates that they're making because i know that they do want to make updates to twitter blue so people who buy check marks like either the check marks are a different color or there's some right. telling factor so when i saw that i was like okay something's happening interesting yeah i mean right now right the 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 distinction between uh the check marks is you have to click on the check mark itself and it'll say whether it's a verified account because it's been purchased through twitter blue or if this account is verified because it is notable in government news entertainment or another designated category yeah i know i'm notable in the government i'm notable in being an entertainer and i perform for the (laughs) I'm actually George Bush and I did 9-11 and I have a check mark. So, you know, it's true. true. Yep. You know, obviously there was a there was a lot of contention around this happening leading up to the midterm elections as well, which is, I think, a part of the reason why the Twitter blue rollout got paused. But it still did enough damage. Right. You know, it had enough time alive to do some amount of damage. So now it seems like they rolled it back. Okay. And at the end of the month, they're going to roll it back out to the masses and all legacy verified check marks are going to have to pay to keep their check mark. I'm actually looking, which by the way, I'm not paying to keep my check mark, just real quick. But yeah, I'm reading um about Twitter Blue. So I, I I just looked up Twitter Blue and I'm on the Twitter Blue page on Twitter. It says Twitter accounts created on or after November 9th, 2022 will be unable to subscribe to Twitter Blue at this time, which is very interesting. That's their bot counter. I that's guess. That's their bot defense. Yeah. Their, yeah. Imposter defense. Yeah. That's the imposter defense. I mean, bot accounts can just buy preview. Like, yeah, I it's this is very strange. I mean, I think this is a huge I think the decision to take away verified badges from people. I think Elon's greatly overestimating the amount of people who give a shit about having a verified badge like if if you don't know what a verified badge gets you it's nothing you get a it's special nothing. column yeah. in your notifications that's for verified I've never people clicked only that i've never clicked I've it. never had the need to use because 90 percent of the people i talk to on twitter don't have verified yeah badges so it doesn't right. do anything for me right so originally twitter blue came out before any of this verified nonsense before elon bought the company as a way to, yeah, get the ability to edit tweets or or you can enable tips maybe through it. Um, On the Twitter blue, like, verified section, in huge text, 
loss of the blue check mark for Twitter blue subscribers. Twitter blue subscribers' blue check marks may be taken away at any time for any reason at all by Twitter, including as the result of certain types of violations of the Twitter rules, including but not limited to our rules around spam, ban evasion, and impersonation. So basically, it's like you're going to pay $8 for a check mark that you might fucking lose if Elon's in a bad mood. Elon's already been doing that to every person who's changed their display <laughs> name to Elon right? Musk. Right. I know. Something about making fun of Elon. There is this, there's a great exchange. Uh, Doja, with Cat. Doja Cat. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, my God. It's, Doja it's, Cat had her account. <laughs> Had her account display name as Christmas and tweeted like, what the fuck? Like, I can't change my display name. Like, what the hell? She said, I don't. She said, I don't want to be Christmas anymore. And then Elon Musk said, reply guy, Elon Musk. (laughs) He's such a reply guy. Is like, uh, should be like, should should be good now. Like, you should be able to change it now. You should be able to change it now. And she immediately changed it to Elon Musk. She not only changed it to Elon Musk, she changed her photo to that picture of him that he fucking hates where like he's super balding and he hates it. He fucking hates that picture. She just changed it to that and changed her name to Elon Musk and replied to him and said, thanks. (laughs) Honestly, Queen, thank you for doing that. Thank you for your service. Thank you for owning Elon. Any chance we have the elites need to be doing this. This is what the sacrifice elites need to make. Clown on Elon. He bought Twitter for clout. He bought Twitter so that he could be a reply guy in Doja Cat's fucking mentions. We need to clown on him. I know. We we don't need famous people to leave Twitter. We need them to fucking own Elon Musk. Yes, it's true. If you're a famous person, please. Please own him. Use your clout for good. Aside from the, the Elon Twitter... Mm-hmm. stuff can we also talk about something that happened on instagram that yes. is I so much this, better than this i sent this to danica last last week two weeks ago yeah in a in a panic i had no fucking idea it happened all i saw i saw a trending thing right but i didn't click it i opened your message where you not only sent the thing but you also sent the screenshots I did. Of the story posts. I Well, I had to immediately go oh, and get great. the evidence. I yes. immediately uh, so capture the So Drake Hentai was trending. Mm-hmm. Um, Natalie, can you tell us a little bit about it? Okay. So on November 4th. Oh, okay. No, I took the screenshot on November 4th and it was posted 23 hours earlier by Champagne <laughs> Poppy, a.k.a. Drake on, on Instagram. Um, Drake on November 3rd. Posted at 4 p.m. Pacific Coast time. Yes. Pacific Coast time, I believe, around that time. It would have been no later than 7 p.m. anywhere in the United States. This man was going wild. One, two, three, four, four images of hentai on his Instagram stories with his own written captions. Yes. The first one. Mood at midnight. <laughs> also, can we talk about? I didn't know his type was like m- massive milker titty mommies. I mean, and now up. we know. So okay, so now that you know that he has, he loves just massive mommy milkers, mommies like hentai mommies, skull crushing thighs. Yes, let's read the rest. Read the rest. Her loss <laughs> with a four for the e. <laughs> Haven't seen a four for usually an A vibe, but I respect the creativity, I guess. <laughs> Loss with an owl 
the you know mascot of OVOXO. And this is an image of a, a mommy milker mommy sitting on a chair with her legs crossed, wearing like a mini skirt and thigh highs. Okay. She also has a uh, devil's tail coming out. Of okay, her so she's a sucky Right. Yeah. This one. It's my fault for once. Okay. So it's my fault for once. And let me explain this image. Yeah, please. This has to be an armpit fetishist image. It has to be. It is a a woman with her arms raised above her head with sweat droplets coming down. And she has the biggest boobs I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. And read it. it What is the cap? What is the caption he wrote one more time? It's my fault for once. Okay. So what's next? Okay, this is the best one. So before Natalie reads, there is a caption on the image itself because it is an actual screenshot from a fucking hentai video. Before Natalie reads that, I will explain. The image is a woman completely naked. Again, massive mommy milkers getting it from behind. Yeah. And first, tell us what the caption on the video says. Good goodbye, my dear husband. So it's an NTR video. So she's probably cheating on her husband. And it says his loss. But the I in his is a knife. And the O is a sword. And then the the O is a knife in loss. (laughs) Bro, what's going on with Drake? Somebody needs to fucking check in on him. Like, are you good, homie? He wasn't jacking off. He was like cry watching these. I don't even think he was watching these. I think he literally Googled. Yeah, he Googled it. Hentai big titty. Yes. And and just pulled like the first 10 from, I bet if you Google that. I'm Googling on. it. I'm Googling it. Hentai big I Oh titty. my God. Wait, I have to say one thing. When I was doing research for this episode, I searched. Funny that we talked about Twitter not being a search engine because I searched on Twitter uh-huh. Twitter dying because I was trying to find a specific Twitter account. But when I searched Twitter for that, uh-huh. you searched Twitter thing, dying. I searched Twitter dying and I was like, okay, okay I'm going to try and find some tweets about Twitter dying. The first image uh-huh. was just a massive penis. Just <laughs> ma- just, and I literally, why it was like, why? whoa. And I closed why? it. I, I minimized it and I was like, I have to talk about this on the podcast. But I was like, I don't want to lose this because there's like, I just minimized it. And then I kept like, Wait, I'm, I'm looking jump- it up. <sighs> oh, my God. It's still there. November 11th. November 11th. Don't search Twitter dying. Don't switch Twitter dying. It, the, the caption is Twitter's dying. That's crazy. A thousand retweets, 7,000 likes. Huge, huge uncut penis. And this man is so hairy. This is like... Oh, my God. This is why Twitter is not a search engine. This is why Twitter is not a search engine. This is exactly why. The fact that that is the top thing and still. I know. I know. Still. I know. God. Anyway, back to Twitter. I mean, back to Drake and hentai. (laughs) I don't really know. I don't know what to say. I just feel like. I think he found he found um, like Don Baru and probably just was browsing for mommy milkers on there and then he he was sad maybe he was hooking up with like some some white milky mommy because all those women are also white that's true just a bunch of white mommies so maybe he was dating one and he they broke up and he's like so sad he's like i gotta let her know that i'm sad by like posting these hentai images it's like an i think it's like an edge lordy thing i think it's like his his way of like kind of trying to be like a little edgy 
like connecting. I don't know. I feel like he's not smart enough because it's so funny. Well, here's the thing. I feel like it's look, I'm a little weird. I like hen like I'm not watching. Right, right. But I don't even think he's actually claiming it like, yeah, I watch. I think it's literally just an edgy post. It could be like a picture of a dark forest. Did he you know never, what I mean? Did he never say anything else about it? No. Like he never addressed it? No. Kotaku wrote, I think, wrote up. Oh, like, I love, uh, I love, the, I actually love the Kotaku article. For once, I love an article Kotaku puts out because the headline is Drake just went on a hentai barrage on Instagram. It's like, a great barrage. It's, it's really good. It's really good. They have censored images. Um, if you want to read about it and see like the captions, but not see the, even though for some reason they blocked out the, like oh goodbye my dear husband, they blocked that out. But um, well I think it was just in the way of some of the. the I think some of the image behind it might have been a little needed to be censored behind mm-hmm. the subtitles. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really make sense right to me right it was it was kind of a whiplash moment for me too because when the news came out about the hentai simultaneous news came out about like drake dissing megan the stallion so there were like these two very different things happening with drake we should mention megan the stallion is like a self-professed nerd she's like super into anime yeah she's like like been about that for Halloween she literally dressed up as someone from my hero academia and like her costume was amazing yeah she she's a queen I truly love her I mean one of the captions her loss is the name of Drake's latest album with 21 Savage which has the song in which he, 21 can you do, can you some do something, something? That's also one of the best things. That's one of the best things he's contributed to society is that soundbite because it has just made TikTok a a playground. Have you heard the the gay version yet? Yes. (laughs) It's like 20. It's like um, Lil Cock. Can you do some for me? And when instead of it saying 21, they go LGBTQ. (laughs) It's so fucking good. It is so fucking good. (laughs) Rich Flex is the name of the song, but honestly listen to the gay version because the gay version is so much better i believe it i i absolutely (laughs) believe it i wouldn't put it past it but i'm i'm grateful for an excuse to have more yassified drake content oh yeah some of my favorite there's the fucking um tiktok audio of one of his songs over animal crossing it's this yeah i hate a privileged rapper who don't even know what it takes the diamonds they hit like a rainbow. That's cause the necklace of frame. Per. Well. Per. Oh my god. Purr. This slaps though. This is like Animal Crossing it's audio. Slapped, but it's you slapped. know people th- this drives me like bananas on TikTok. Is is hearing out of context video game sounds like appear in like a fit check video or like in Oh, they like don't a- know. They don't this know. is what I this is what I did on my they don't get day it. as a stay at home girlfriend. They don't like, get and it. it'll be like Legend of Zelda lullaby theme. And I'm like, what Fucking is happening? What is happening? Elden Ring workout mix. Someone at the gym. I'm like, bitch, you never touched a fucking video game in your life. All right. I do do your time. <laughs> yeah. Do, do your time. Do your fucking time. It just it's one of those things that I don't know why. It just I feel protective over video games in a way. Like, am I being like a a pick me? An elitist, yeah. I mean, same. Like 
I f- are we <laughs> we are we pick me absolutely not pick me's absolutely not pick me girl geeks no that is not the way to describe us <laughs> we've been who is farting oh it's boba boba's farting just alert everyone boba's fart smells boba. so bad can, can you, you do, do some, some for me, for me? <laughs> can you stop farting while we record podcasts for, for me? me my first video game that i ever played was legend of zelda link to the past my fucking dad bought it for me bought me a super nintendo brought that shit home i was like three years old played through it with me and my mom played through it with me and so i feel like people who've been playing video games their whole life have a little bit of a right to be like why the fuck are you using this obscure video game song in your video because it's trending audio that's why when megalovania shows up at like a fucking (laughs) soccer game that's funny or when megalovania shows up in like a random radio honestly that's anywhere megalovania shows up is funny i mean it's gonna be funny but like it's honestly funny yeah but hearing like the roblox oh no that's funny too see you're you're finding examples that are are always funny okay okay how about like undertale the undertale song like the da 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 you know like the like Mm -hmm. really emotional seeing that out of context in like uh here's what i did today that makes me 200 calorie smoothie exactly exactly (laughs) here is my spinach puree that i eat every day like Fuck you. It's a cultural piece of art. I think it's fine for us to get a little, you know, we're we're a little protective of our video game music. You know, yeah. we're it's ours. In a way, I guess, you know, it's good that it's expanding beyond because I think a lot of people think about video game music as being a genre by itself that, you know, that has to be listened to on its own. And they also have, think like, of it, they think of it as like Super Mario dungeon music. They think of it as like like eight bit chip tune shit. They don't. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, people don't even know that it's video game music on TikTok if it's I not know. some chip tune stuff. But just wish we were talking about. I wish I knew. Irish shiny you wanted me. Oh, we're doing a British accent now. Yeah, I think we we can probably save TikTok for episode two. Natalie and I, the platform we are the most active on of any social media platform ever is TikTok. And mm-hmm. that's because all we do is like scroll endlessly for hours and send each other mm-hmm. videos. And Natalie always sends me videos that I've just sent her because we have the same for you page and it's very cursed. Um, and it it's will true. fly over so many people's heads. It will. So it will. Yeah. And we will we'll include references where we can. Yeah, I think TikTok needs to be its own episode because there's a lot of ground to cover there. Yeah. And I really and I haven't even told you, but I really want to talk about the amount of money that I've spent impulse purchasing things because TikTok has. I literally just bought a three month subscription to Colon Broom, a fucking colon cleanser. Because some old woman told me that it would help me. And then I bought a fucking ginkgo supplement because some woman told me it was going to help me. Oh my God. Be less (laughs) mentally ill. Like, but we need to talk about this because my TikTok has made a change recently. Okay. And it went from being really fucked up and cursed where Uh I liked it. And now it's trying to sell me shit that I will buy impulsively. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. before it was trying to sell me shit like, the fucking Bluetooth speaker that you put in the fruit bowl so that you <laughs> sanitize the fruit. So and I was like, I'm never gonna happy. I'm never gonna buy that. It's like fun to I will watch every single it. one of those my it. smart home videos. Yeah. I know there's probably a darkness to them. Oh, there is a darkness to them. This is why we need an episode for TikTok. We do, we do. We'll Let's get save to it. it. We'll get to it. Yeah. We'll get to it. 
So this has been an amazing first episode, and we we have notes prior to recording each episode, right? And I think over time and as we kind of get the hang of recording podcasts together again, those notes will get more expansive and will be a bit more organized. But these episodes will kind of always be all over the place. And I hope that people find that charming because it's our personalities working together. But one thing that will be consistent every episode is at the end of the episode, we will dedicate some time to going through things that are trending on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And we will never see like shit about Elon Musk in the trends. You know, there will be things that are left out. But I think going through the trending will always kind of be a good time, especially after a day like today where we learn that Donald Trump is running for president again in 2024. So Uh. (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's see what we have. Here we go. Miyamoto's trending. In gaming. Miyamoto's not trending for me. Oh, he's trending for me in gaming. Oh, it's Jack a... Black is trending for me. Okay, well, Miyamoto's trending because it's his 70th birthday. So Yay. he is old as fuck and he is still kicking. Why is Jack Black trending? Jack Black is trending because he's trending in television. Okay. Oh, people think that he's the masked singer. The masked singer. Oh, is it the one in the, the pink horse or who is it? Which one? Yeah, the Dragon Bride. Yes, yes. I'm so curious about that one because I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> There's something trending in the United States. It's just meat. Meat is trending. I clicked on it and it says, breaking, the FDA approves lab-grown meat for the first time. I think this is a great time for me to follow you in the footsteps of becoming a vegetarian. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Join me. Join me. It's better here. <laughs> It's nicer. (laughs) I'm actually going to check what's trending on my private Twitter because I always have better trends on there. Same, actually. By the way, if you don't have a private Twitter, please get a private fucking Twitter. Please get yourself a little private place with your closest friends where you can do things like subtweet comfortably and be free or not even subtweet. Just straight up post about shit that's upsetting you on your private Twitter or like post about K-pop like me on your private Twitter. You know, like um, Elon Goat is trending. Why is that? I saw that and I didn't know if I wanted to click on it. To be honest, I I thought about it. It's I think it's trending because it's a token. Oh, it is. It's a it's some fucking crypto bullshit. It's crypto bullshit. Okay. Oh my god. I don't It's because people are trying Okay, this is it. Elon Goat Token. Elon Goat Token built a massive monument for Elon because he's badass and we're heading to Austin to give it to him. They built him as a goat. They made him into a goat and they're going to take it to Oh my god, this is the most disturbing thing I've ever seen. I hate it. I do not <laughs> It's Elon's head on the body of a I massive goat. Absolutely weird. Absolutely strange. You need help. You need mental help immediately. You anyone are- who anyone who licks Elon's taint, they really need help. They really just need they need to get offline. There's also one more thing that I saw that's trending on my private interracial. Okay. Let me read this one tweet because this makes this is this is wild to me and I I don't keep up a ton with politics beyond like what I'm seeing on Twitter, which is why I never talk about politics on Twitter anymore, because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about unless it's close to election season. Then I kind of get more in tune with things. But I've always been very bad at understanding politics. This tweet says, don't know who needs to hear this, but Mitch McConnell is married to Elaine Chow. He is literally in an interracial marriage, yet he voted against a motion to advance a bill 
that would protect interracial mar- marriage. That should tell you everything you need to know about Mitch. How the hell do you vote against protecting interracial marriage when you're in an interracial marriage? That's another tweet. I swear, old white men. Oh, my God. Hurry Rain up, hurry up and so... kick the fucking bucket already. I know. We need to get rid of them. Do you have anything else that's good? <laughs> I'm getting one that's Spotify removed the DSMP genre. I saw, I saw that too, but I didn't click it. What is it? I don't know what it means. What is the DSMP genre? Dream SMP? Wait. Dream SMP. The genre encompasses fan-created music about the events of the server. Music made by Dream SMP members. Huh? The artists that are part of the genre include Glass Animals, Wilbur Suit, Toby Fox. Huh? What the fuck? Spotify has a new genre that's about dream the youtubers fan fan songs hello is there enough is that is is that it's dream it's dream the minecraft man I'm, yeah it's got to be dream it's dream the minecraft guy no idea what that what is, is hap- what is wrong i can't fucking keep track i think tiktok is also just changing the music world so we should ha- we should definitely talk about that Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to episode one of Death by Online. We're so excited to finally kind of have this off the ground and moving and be making things together again because we love each other. I don't we think do. you I don't think you understand. We text each other and send each other voice memos every single day. So we do. if you've ever wondered, have Danica and Natalie kept in touch since they no longer work together? The answer is yes. We're besties. We're besties. <laughs> Huge shout out to Maxo who did the theme for the podcast. You can find him at Maxo Tunes. And huge shout out to Connor Fawcett, who did our podcast art. And you can find Connor at the Bad Bucket on Twitter and Bad Bucket on Instagram. You can find me, Danica, on Twitter at Danica Harrod, Instagram at Danica.Harrod, and co-host at Danica. You can find me on Twitter at Natalie Watson, on Instagram at N-A-T-W-A-T, um, and on co-host at Natalie. And you can find Death by Online on Twitter at Death by Online and Instagram at Death by Online and everywhere else at Death by Online. We, we even have a Twitch. We do. No spoilers, but we have fun stuff planned. So please stay tuned. And if you have any questions or you want to, you know, send us comments or ask questions for us to answer in future episodes, you can email us at contact at death by dot online. Wow. Thank you so much. And we will see you next episode, baby. See you, baby!